Today's podcast is brought to you by Howie's new book, Paperboy. To order today, go to HowieCarshow.com and click on store. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio, it's the Grace Curley Show. we got to bring in a new voice, a young voice, a rising voice, Grace Curley. You can read Grace's work in the Boston Herald and the Spectator. Especially Grace. Grace, stand up. Here's the millennial with the mic, Grace Curley. Welcome back, everyone, to the Grace Curley Show. It is Friday, and you probably know what we're going to be talking about. Yesterday, as we finished the show, right after we went off the air, the special counsel's report, Robert Hur's report on Joe Biden's handling or mishandling, it seems like, of classified documents when he was a senator and a vice president, the report was released and it was damning. Now, Hur did not recommend charges. I just want to sum this up for people because we all know we all want to get to Joe Biden's presser. But I think we should take it step by step. So to sum it up quickly, her basically said that yes, Biden willfully kept classified materials, including, by the way, materials related to Afghanistan in all sorts of places. He had it in his garage. He had it in his office. And disclosed said materials to his ghostwriter in 2017 because he was writing a memoir because he's always considered himself a historical figure. That's something else we learned from Robert Hur. I don't know. I don't even get what that means, by the way. He always thought of himself as a historical figure. Like he's one of these guys who from the very beginning, he knew that someone was going to want to write something about him. So he kept everything. And I think that was Hurd's nice way of saying he's always been an arrogant ass. Like, he's always been incredibly pompous and full of himself. But we'll get to all of that. So Hurd writes in this report that he doesn't recommend charges because essentially he does not think Joe Biden would be fit to stand trial. And the line that caught everybody's attention at first, this was the line that Jonathan Turley tweeted out yesterday, and I responded back and said, this has got to be a joke. There is no way this is true. The line was that the special counsel viewed Joe Biden as a sympathetic, well-meaning, elderly man with a poor memory. And just because... How's an old guy do that? I like to kind of... I always like to give these special counsel, you know, investigators or whoever we're dealing with a hard time. The well-meaning part did stick out to me at the beginning because I was like, how do you know he's well-meaning? This is what drives me crazy. Oh, they're all mind readers when they're dealing with Joe Biden. Oh, he's a good guy. He's a sympathetic figure. He means well. There's no bad intentions here. But upon further reading, I decided that's not the thing to harp on. Because that's not even the worst of it. The whole thing about him being an elderly man with a poor memory, that was her just diving in. So what I did yesterday is I took this report, and very easy feature on the computers now is that you can just immediately search the report for certain words. And the key word I put in was memory. And this came up several times throughout the report. And what's amazing about it is that her felt that in 2017, Joe Biden's memory was pretty rough. And then naturally, when he gets a hold of him in 2023, he has declined significantly, cognitively speaking. 
which stands to reason, you know, six years later. So it says in his interview with our office, this is the part of the story. This is the part of the, the report that I found the most damning. In his interview with our office, Mr. Biden's memory was worse. He did not remember when he was vice president, forgetting on the first day of the interview when his term ended. And what he did, what he does is in the parentheses, he puts quotes in from Joe Biden, which definitely track like they sound like Joe Biden says, if it was 2013, when did I stop being vice president? He did not remember when he was vice president, forgetting on the first day of the interview when his term ended. And forgetting on the second day of the interview when his term began in 2009. Am I still vice president? He did not remember even within several. Now, this this to me was the saddest line in the whole thing, which Joe Biden did refer to and was very upset about. It says he did not remember even within several years when his son Bo died. And his memory appeared hazy when describing the Afghanistan debate that was once so important to him. It goes on to talk about other things he's mixed up, leaders and things like that, things that we've been seeing over the last couple of days and really over the last couple of years. But the part about his son was the part that I guess they decided, oh, this will be great for you to come out and slam this and we're going to play that sound for you. But I don't get the sense, like now they're all saying, oh, you know, her's a, a political hack, he's partisan, he's this and that. I don't get the sense that he had, there was any joy when he was writing this, the fact that this guy couldn't remember the year his son died. I, I really don't get the sense that he's trying to be mean or trying to make fun of Joe Biden. I think he's just writing what our journalists, our media should have been screaming for the last four plus years. So it was bad. And no one was shocked. Here's the part I really want to emphasize. Nobody was shocked about the descriptions of Joe Biden. Like the content of the report is not shocking to people. It's the fact that her had the temerity to write it down that I think blew people's minds. That even left me kind of in, in shock. That he had the audacity to say, I'm I'm going to write it. I'm, I see what I see. I'm going to. That's more than anyone in our media. Not maybe not anyone. There's been some good reporters, but I shouldn't I shouldn't paint with such a broad brush. But that is way more than anyone in the mainstream media, ABC, NBC, CNN, any of the serious people, as Jonathan Carl calls them. Her described Joe Biden more accurately in this report than any of the scribes in our media have since he started campaigning for president in 2019. And that is shameful. He shouldn't be the first guy to put pen to paper and tell people this. This should have been the lead story since day one, since Joe Biden grabbed the ice cream cone, put the circles on the grass and had people stand there for one of his campaign appearances. This should have been talked about. And it wasn't. And now the New York Times, there's a reporter from the New York Times that's describing it as a gentleman's agreement. Now the gentleman's agreement has ended. Like this unspoken agreement not to comment on the president's age. How about you guys have a, a gentleman's agreement to report the facts how about you come up with a gentleman's agreement to acknowledge reality? I think we'd all appreciate that. And by the way, Joe Biden, he's been talking to dead people for years now. And today he's meeting with the German chancellor. I'm not sure if it's going to be Otto von Bismarck 
or Wilhelm Marx. I don't know which one it's going to be. Which I don't know which decade we're going to be in, which ghost he's going to see today. But I don't have high hopes that it's going to run smoothly. So her acknowledges this giant elephant in the room and says what every journalist should have been screaming for four years plus. And then things got really crazy. Then the White House tells us Joe Biden's going to come out and he's going to give a presser. He's going to make a statement, make some remarks on this. And so for 40 minutes, maybe more than 40 minutes, everyone is wondering, is this it? Is this it? You starting to hear the music? Is it time? Is it time? Is he going to ride off into the sunset? Is he about to tell us that President Kamala Harris is about to take the oath of office? Should we be ready for this? And by the way, if you want to make people uneasy in this country, let them mull that over for a little bit. That, that's a pretty good way to make everyone feel like they're on edge. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Kaylee McEnany was great last night. She was breaking this down and she said, that's a feeling people aren't going to forget anytime soon. Like thinking that, are we about to get a President Kamala Harris? People are going to take that into the voting booth with them and go, I don't know if I want to feel that way again. I don't know if I want to feel that rush of adrenaline hit me like it did last night. I also like how she described him as a wounded political animal fighting for his life. So then he comes out, and we're going to go through each cut, which I don't typically do, but these are just, they're too good not to play. it's, It's too unbelievable. I was watching with my husband, and my husband's not incredibly politically... You know, he's not in the weeds of politics, which is nice, because if, if we both were, we'd probably go insane. But he was sitting on the couch last night, and I said, my, I said, my mom just texted me that Joe Biden's going to talk to reporters. And he was like, oh, really? I said, yeah, I'm going to turn it on. And I don't typically watch that kind of new stuff at night. And I turned it on. My husband could barely watch it. He, he had the pillow over his face. He was like, this is painful. What is happening? <laughs> And I said, that's your president. But it was almost poetic. There was something poetic about the fact that Joe Biden comes out and he comes out hot. Okay. He came out like he was ready to 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 throw punches. And it it was very Clint Eastwood at certain points. His voice got really. uh, He was ready to. You feel lucky, kid. Like he was very gritty. And I don't even know. But he comes out and there was something poetic about the fact that and and follow me on this. You know how for a very long time I've been saying Joe Biden always wants two contradictory things to be true at the same time. And, And some examples just to refresh your memory. He wants to say the border is secure. But at the same time, he also wants to say there's a crisis and it's the Republicans fault. He wants to tell you he's done such a great job with the economy and it's booming. But at the same time, you know, people are living paycheck to paycheck. That's why you need to give me another four years to fix this. And at a certain point, it's like not all of these things can be true. And he did that last night because he comes out and he's like, her was right not to recommend charges for me for mishandling the documents. But he was wrong to say I'm old and senile. And I'm sitting here going, no joke, the entire reason he's not recommending charges is because of the description of you as old and senile. If you lose that part of the equation, guess what, buddy? You can stand trial. That's your get out of jail free card. It also happens to be your get out of the White House card. 
but it's your get out of jail free card in this in this sense. If what you're saying is correct, if you're mentally sharp and you can go toe to toe with all the young Ivy Leaguers in your White House, then based off her findings, you should be charged. And he gets to the podium and he just starts lying. He's like, he, he never said I mishandled classified documents. No, he did. And he used the word willfully. Willfully was in there. He just starts lying. He starts fighting with Peter Ducey. He starts trying to claim that it's different for him to store classified documents in a Zappos box in his garage than it is for Trump to store them at Mar-a-Lago, which he deems as a public place. That's news to me. I didn't know that you could just walk in off the street and, and, and show up at Mar-a-Lago like you're at a <laughs> national park or something. That's why they call it the publics of private clubs. You can just walk on in. Walk on in. All, all comers welcome. I don't want to drop this and act like I'm a big shot, but I have been to Mar-a-Lago a time or two. And let me tell you, there's, there's a process to getting in. They're not just... Somehow they let me in, but they are vetting people and you got to, you know, go through the Secret Service and things like that. Because it is the president stays there at night. He sleeps there often. So, yeah, I don't know where Joe got that idea from. But then there's also the fact that he starts throwing his staffers under the bus, which I love that. I love, I love the buck stops with my staffers. Because for a long time we were told, when I become president, uh, there's going to be no excuses. Remember that tweet? There's going to be no excuses. The buck's going to stop with me. He mentioned his staffers a million times. He's like, do I take blame? Well, I take the blame that my staffers suck. <laughs> I take the blame that my staffers are a bunch of morons. And I haven't even... I haven't even really... This is the tip of the iceberg. We have an entire show to go through this. And I know there's other stuff. I know uh, Tucker had his interview with Putin last night. I don't mean this as an offense to Tucker. You were overshadowed, my friend. Like, I do think that Biden going out there and then the subsequent reaction from the media, which, by the way, the dead enders out there, if they weren't so stupid, I would be inspired by them because they're so delusional and they're so committed to the bit at this point. That you have like the women on The View, Joe Scarborough, John Harwood. Wait till I read you the tweet from John Harwood. It was a thing of beauty. They're still, and Jared, you said this yesterday. It's like, this is your out and you're still not taking it. Her just gave you an out. You don't have to look like the bad guy. He's giving you this report that says he's too old and they still won't take it. And somebody said to me on Twitter, you know, Grace, you called it yesterday. You said that they were going to, this report was going to come out and it was going to be a reason to push Joe Biden aside. And I wrote back, I was like, thanks, because I'll take credit for anything. But I'm also thinking, but they're not going to do that. It doesn't seem like that's what they're going to do. They're just going to keep whistling past the graveyard. It's 1220. I've gone way over. Get used to it, people, because this is, this might be the worst. People are comparing it to Afghanistan. Like, was this presser worse than the Afghanistan one? I've got a theory on that, too. 844-500-4242. Call in. I want to hear what you think because I'm sure I'm missing stuff. So call in. We'll take all your calls in this first hour. This is The Grace Curley Show. The Grace Curley Show will be right back.
This is The Grace Curley Show. Today's poll question is brought to you by Local Silver Mint. Located in Ware, New Hampshire, Silver Dave will work with you directly. Contact him at localsilvermint.com. Jared, what is the poll question and what are the results thus far? Today's poll question, which you can vote in at gracecurlyshow.com, is what was Biden's worst moment from the presser? Throwing his staffers under the bus, mixing up the president of Mexico and Egypt, lashing out at the press, or lying about disclosing classified information to his ghostwriter? I'm going to say... The Egypt-Mexico mix-up, only because the whole point of the presser was to show everyone that he wasn't losing his step. (laughs) And then he just, you know, fell down the stairs with that one. So, yeah, that's my vote. Uh, That is currently at 34%, good for second place. First place at 38% was lying about disclosing classified information to his ghostwriter. 15% for throwing staffers under the bus and 13% for lashing out at the press. If you're on the lines right now, stay on the lines because we only have a minute here in this segment and I want to give everyone I want to give everyone their time to shine. Um, But I have to read just a couple things because I'm going to try to get through all these tweets as well. Rand Paul, I think maybe has and it's a tough competition, but maybe has the best tweet in regards to this presser. He said, going to build a wall with Gaza and make Mexico pay for it. And boy, are they going to be confused. (laughs) Not as confused as Joe Biden. Also, I. Just to go back to the Mar-a-Lago thing, this whole idea of, well, I had them in filing cabinets. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. And I almost give the the reporters a pass in this case, which you all know, it's very rare that I give them any grace. But there is no point in fighting with this dude over the lies because he's not going to go, oh, well, okay. It says on page three, he willfully disclosed confidential information. And he's still saying, uh, no, I didn't. So what's the point of going back and forth on this? And, and one, of my, one of my followers on Twitter said, this was giving off the vibe of the grandparents taking away the, the car keys from grandpa. Like that's what the media, the media was not holding back on him yesterday, at least the people in that room. But the other part of it where he was lying was when he said, I kept them all in filing cabinets. There's a photo of the documents next to your Corvette in an old Zappos box. Unless that Zappos box, it, it's some sort of new age Zappos box that's disguised and it's actually a filing cabinet. That's another lie. There's so many lies to get through in so little time. Steve, Lisa, everybody on the line, stay right there. We're going to be right back with your calls. And I want to talk about the dead enders and their reaction too. Don't go anywhere. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio. They express concerns about your mental acuity. They say that you are too old. Mr. President, in December, you told me that you believe there are many other Democrats who could defeat Donald Trump. So why does it have to be you now? Why, what is your answer to that question? I'm the most qualified person in this country to be President of the United States and finish the job I started. If that's true, that is false. If that's true, we have some 
we have some big problems, which we, we do have some big problems, but I would hope he's not the most qualified. And by the way, I keep seeing these screenshots of the different ways that the outlets are covering last night. And, you know, some of the outlets are waving the white flag and just saying, well, we can't do this anymore. It, it must be exhausting. You know what I mean? I would have to take a shot before I went on the air if I had to defend Joe Biden and pretend that this guy's really with it. And I'm very curious what Joe Scarborough's morning routine is to get himself hyped up to go out there and just lie. And another thing I'm curious about, I would love to hear, because remember a couple of weeks ago we heard Joy Reid say he's going to get us into another bleeping war, and she said it on the hot mic. I would love to see the MSNBC panel from last night when the cameras are off, what they're actually saying. And if they ever dared put that on TV, it would maybe make for interesting television, which I know goes very much against what MSNBC is all about. They do not want anyone watching. But imagine if these people for a minute just took the blinders off, took off the rose colored glasses, any, you know, metaphor you want to use. And they sat down and they had a real conversation about this and said that was brutal. They would never do it. And this is from Axios. And I keep checking. I'm like, are these old screenshots? Because there's no way that people are saying this today. This is from Axios. It says, he'll grill aides on topics until it's clear they don't know the answer to a question, a routine that some see as meticulous and others call stump the chump or stump the dummy. We're still pretending that he's the one going around asking tough questions, asking Socratic questions of his staff. I can't take that lie anymore. It's just, it's too much for me to take. All these young, like, 30-year-olds in his staff, I'm winded trying to follow this dude around. Well, you should get yourself checked into some sort of facility, if that's true. You should go see a doctor if you're having a hard time keeping up with Joe Biden. Shameless plug here. Right after the report came out, before the presser, I did write a piece for Spectator. I would encourage you all to go check it out, spectatorworld.com, uh, wherever you wherever you can find it. Uh, I have it up on my Twitter and my recommended reading, but I just break down some of the more um, stunning quotes from Robert Hur's report. All right, let's go to the callers now before we get into all this sound. Lisa, you're up first on The Grace Curley Show. Go ahead, Lisa. Hi, Grace. How are you doing? I'm good. What's going on? Listen, I, I I just have to say real quick before I talk about the um, the uh, Biden Trump um, special counsel. But in the morning, I thank God I don't have Direct TV anymore because of inflation. I had to drop it, so now I have like a window antenna. But I used to like watch uh, morning Mika. Yeah, and uh, Mika Mika and Joe Brzezinski. Um, they would like I would like yell at the TV like scream at the TV just to get my like blood pressure going and like start the day. But they are so ridiculous. It's it's it, it doesn't even count. I don't think it counts because they're they're that ridiculous. But um, I would also, also throw in Lisa, the ladies of the View. Like today, I saw a lot of cuts of Joy Behar yeah. circulating of her saying, you know, he's he doesn't have the dementia. He's he's doing really well. He he yelled at Peter oh, Ducey yeah. as if that's that's the new standard. He yelled at a reporter. He yelled at Peter Ducey. So there's yeah. no way he has the dementia, according to Joy Behar. This is what they're really going yeah, with. That, and I don't even I don't even pay attention to it. Yeah. 
And also, um, the, uh, real quick, you made me, you said something earlier that made me think of the, like the, the still pictures of the boxes at Mar-a-Lago and then the boxes at, uh, uh, Joe Biden's like Delaware home and the, in the, in the garage by the Corvette. So the ones in the garage are like all greased up, like a <laughs> bottle of lotion exploded in the, in the, in the box. And it's like halfway cut down one side of the box. And then Trump's got all these like, uh, professional boxes with lids on this like beautiful table, as he would say, a beautiful table, and then it's all dusted and like shined and locked in a room. So I mean, he's uh, Joe Biden's allowed to share classified information with his ghostwriter, but Trump's being accused of like trying to be a big shot and like flashing some piece of paper about some Iranian war plan or some stupid stuff. I don't even know what, you know, how they justify that or whatever, but, or how they quantify that, but it's ridiculous. I mean, come on. Well, there's so many parts of it that are ridiculous. One is that Donald Trump had the ability to declassify information, which, which Joe Biden did not have. But to go back to the boxes, if you haven't seen this picture, I put it out earlier today on my Twitter. It's all of these boxes, and it does. It looks like the basement in Silence of the Lambs. It looks like once uh, Jodie Foster's in the basement, the lights go out, the the killer gets the 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 night vision goggles on and he's just walking around that is what it looks like there's boxes full of crap they look like some of them are wet um they're all open as lisa pointed out they don't have the beautiful lids that trump had on his boxes he had a lot of lids a lot of lids there's no lids here and Truthfully, it's the most relatable I've ever felt that Joe Biden is because we all have a basement or garage that looks a lot like this. The only difference is I don't have classified documents in my garage. I have a lot of crap in my garage, but he is acting like there was some sort of method to this madness, which I really appreciate. He's like, I have filing cabinets. We have photos, Joe. There's this thing now. It's called a camera and it produces pictures and we can all see it with our own eyes. You didn't have filing cabinets. You had a Zappos box. You had a big Zappos box, okay? Stop telling me you had filing cabinets. Actually, let's go to that one because uh, he, he's trying to claim that it's different when he had classified documents versus Trump. Can I have that cut, Jared? This was an exhaustive investigation going back more than 40 years even into the 1970s when I was still a new United States senator. <clears throat> the special counsel acknowledged I cooperated completely. I did not throw up any roadblocks. I sought no delays. In fact, I was so determined to give the special counsel what he needed, I went forward with a five-hour in-person, five-hour in-person interview over two days on October the 8th and 9th of last year, even though Israel had just been attacked by Hamas on the 7th, and I was very occupied was in the middle of handling an international crisis. I was especially pleased to see special counsel make clear the stark distinction and difference between this case and Mr. Trump's case. The special counsel wrote, and I quote, several material distinctions between Mr. Trump's case and Mr. Biden's are clear. You know what, can, can we quote. pause it here? Because here's my issue with this. Again, you can't have it both ways. You're telling us how the special counsel thinks my case is different. And the special counsel noted that I was cooperative. And the special counsel noted, yeah, but why would I believe the special counsel if he's lying about how sharp you are? He's lying and he's saying you can't remember anything, right? 
what's what's my favorite phrase, Jared, in Latin that I always let you say because I'm going to butcher it? False in uno, false in omnibus. I would I would say that if Robert Herr is so vindictive and so petty, according to CBS and all these other places, he's such a partisan hack that he's lying about your razor-sharp memory, then why am I going to believe him when he says you were cooperative and your case is so different than Trump and, and you, you, know, you sat down for five hours? How can I believe any of that if he's a filthy liar? That's the question, Joe. That's the question. You can't, you can't in one sentence tout the special counsel's report and say, as they noted here, this is a really good, this is a really good part of it. And then when you get to the bulk of it, the parts you don't like, you go, well, none of that's true. How convenient for you. And I just want to tell everyone that my initial thought when I watched that presser last night, Kaylee McEnany said uh, Joe Biden was like a wounded political animal fighting for his life. No, 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 no. My initial thought when I was watching him yell at the press and, and talk about how he's the most qualified and confuse the president of Egypt with the president of Mexico and throw Israel right under the bus along with his staffers. I think, you know, if he could have blamed Israel for the documents, he would have, but it just, it was too much of a stretch even for Joe. But the only thing I could think of while I was watching this unfold, one thing popped into my mind, a sentence, a simple sentence, America is back. That is what I was holding on to. But as Francois Milleron said just two years ago, how long you back for, Jack? Wait, Jared, I'm glad you brought that up because John Harwood had this beauty of a tweet where he's trying to claim that like nothing's wrong with uh nothing's wrong with Joe. And he said Biden's, uh, you know, actually, I'll save this. I'll go to the callers. But this is really, this really had me laughing. John Harwood is, he's up there as far as people just living in complete Delulu land. Um, let's go to Steve. You've been on the line a while. Go ahead, Steve. Hey, Grace. Nice to hear from you. Anyways, I, I just have a question. I mean, there's so many what ifs. You could have a 10-hour program on this. Yeah. But my big question is, the gentleman like Biden, you know, uh, pardons himself, pardons his son, whatever. Oh, Steve. We're losing you, Steve. I'm sorry. Call back. Let's go to Peggy. You're next up on the Grace Curly Show. And Steve's right, by the way. There's a lot of hypotheticals we will play through today about what could happen. Um, But go ahead, Peggy. Hi, Grace. Um, Yeah, getting back to Joe in the garage and everything, and this is just not as serious a conversation as I would like to have, but I had garages, I've had garages, and they've been, you know, a mess. And I always said to myself, I'd always, like, make a project out of trying, at least trying to get it organized. And with, when you have a lot of kids, it's difficult, and trying to get two cars in it and whatever. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a problem. But that's their primary residence. That's their primary residence. With all the money he has... I can't believe that his wife didn't say, we are calling in an organizational company and they're going to shelve it and hook it. Yeah. You know, everything for the brooms and the paint and every, just everything. It was awful. It was awful. Yeah, was it giving you flashbacks to like a horror movie, Peggy? 
I just couldn't get in the stuff that they were zeroing in on a lamp on it on the floor, a floor lamp, which I have had several with duct tape around it so that it was broken. Throw it out. Throw it away. Throw it what out. are you holding on to all this stuff for? No, Peggy is so right about that. There was uh, see, I related to it because like Peggy said, I'm always just trying my best. You know, I have a um, I have a neighbor. And they do something, and my husband and I talk about it all the time. They use their garage. And there's there'll be people out there who understand exactly what I mean, and there'll be people out there who go, what are you talking about? They use their garage for their cars. Like, they, their, their garage opens when they get home. They pull their car in, and it shuts behind them. And my first thought was Russian spies or something. And And then my husband's like, yeah, why do you think that? And I said... Because I've never seen people actually use their garage for their cars. When I was younger at my house, if it was going to snow or something, it was like we all went into the garage and tried to move things to the side so that my dad or my mom could pull their car in. And then we'd have to stand there and go, ah, you're going to run over the hockey bag. Slow down, slow down, slow down. Try again, try again. But that's because I don't have all the resources that Joe does. There's somebody in the mix he couldn't get one of these grandkids that they're flying all over the place, the Bahamas, to St. Croix and say, hey, get in there and try to fix up that garage. Move over some of those documents. Get a couple of the Tupperware containers, the big ones, you know, the nice ones with the lids on them. It's not that hard. It's really not. Again, it's just the perfect encapsulating image insight into Joe Biden. Yeah, he's a mess. His garage is a mess. It's fitting. You're right. Uh, so here's the John Harwood tweet. Biden's press conference showed the same thing his performance in office has shown for three years. He can do the job. Mexico for Egypt meant nothing. <laughs> Mexico for Egypt meant nothing. He's referring to Egypt. He's talking about the Middle East. He's talking about the Israel-Hamas war. He confuses it with Mexico. And John Harwood doesn't think that means anything. This guy's the leader of the free world. And John Harwood says it means nothing. And he goes, but the GOP political political apparatus is a bad faith enterprise hell yeah count me in baby and mainstream press has been knocked silly by financial political pressure yeah it's it's my fault it's my fault that joe biden confused mexico and egypt i'll take the blame john but the responses to this tweet jared were so perfect the first one he goes who told you that john the dead chancellor of jer france People are so funny. It blows my mind. Another person says, um, the party does a quote, which I think is from 1984. The party told you to reject the evidence of your eyes and ears. It was their final, most essential command. And the replies back are just beautiful. Someone said, I'm embarrassed for you. Your hypocrisy is boundless. It's crazy. It's crazy. But they're still hanging on. There's still some dead enders out there. God bless them. God love you, kid, is, is my grandma used to say. Don't just keep the faith, Joe. Spread it. Don't just keep the faith, John. Spread it. Auctions are one of the oldest forms of commerce known to man. Auctions are how economies determine values for assets and commodities. Auctions are not a fire sale at a discounted price. Rather, auctions are an accelerated sale with competitive pricing. 
And just because your parents listed their house for sale at a set price, and that's what maybe people in your neighborhood do, that doesn't mean you have to. It doesn't mean there's not other ways to sell your property. And J.J. Manning's accelerated auction process is one of the fastest growing segments in real estate. Here's why. Manning has a time-tested approach that began over 16,000 auctions ago in 1976 by its founder, Jerome Manning. So what are the main benefits of a J.J. Manning accelerated sale versus a traditional listing at a set price? One, there are no contingencies, which if you've ever sold property, that's an amazing, amazing fact. The buyer signs their exclusive P&S and makes a 10% non-refundable deposit that day. And you set the terms which all buyers must follow. To learn more on how to get your commercial, residential, or land sold quickly, contact Charlie Gill. Here's the number. It's 800-521-0111. Or if you prefer to go online, it's jjmanning.com. Again, it's 800-521-0111 or go to jjmanning.com and get your real estate sold. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Grace Curley Show. This is The Grace Curley Show. Most notably, After giving multiple chances to return classified documents to avoid prosecution, Mr. Trump allegedly did the opposite. According to the indictment, he not only refused to return the documents for many months, he also obstructed justice by enlisting others to destroy evidence and then to lie about it. I don't think you should be the one throwing stones right now. Like, this guy would win in the lack of self-awareness Olympics. It's amazing. He's going to get up there on his high horse. I don't think so, buddy. Maybe sit that one out. It's insanity. I know I keep saying that today, but it really is. By the way, uh, another great reply to John Harwood was Stephen Miller, who retweeted it and said, just FYI, CNN brought the Zoom masturbator back before you. That's got to hurt. Jeffrey, Jeffrey Tubin was able to return to CNN. He was in person. They're not doing the Zoom. Damn, Jeffrey Tubin. We'll have you back, Jeffrey, but you have lost your Zoom privileges for obvious reasons. Also, you're sitting at the clear desk, just FYI. <laughs> just no, just no. Hands where we can see them. Steve, you're up next on the Grace Curley Show. Finish your thoughts, Steve. Hey, Grace. Thanks for letting me back on. Hey, uh, I just wanted to, I'm, not, I'm in my 60s. I just wanted a young perspective, like, from you. What do you think, in, if you looked at your crystal ball, I think this, this administration is a train wreck, and I think this is the end of Joe Biden. How do you think history will look back on his four years. And I'm just going to let you answer that. But thanks, Grace. Well, it depends who's writing the history books. You know, if it's John Meacham and Sonny Hostin from The View, then history is going to say he was top notch, man. He was the best president we've ever had. If it's anyone who's rooted in any sort of reality, they're going to say that this was a charade, that this was ridiculous. Um, But the real question becomes now everyone's saying, oh, it's going to be Gavin Newsom. It's going to be Michelle Obama. And you know what my question is? What about Kamala? Mark Hemingway wrote today, how do you solve a problem like Kamala? We'll talk about that. David Marcus joins the show when we come back. Don't go anywhere. 